Welcome to My Fair Katie, a film review podcast. I, Katie Shimmick, will watch movies with my dad. That'd be me, Scott Shimmick. Together we will dive into a sometimes deep but hopefully always fun discussion of classic films. Today's movie is Firestarter. Firestarter is a 1984 adaptation of the Stephen King novel directed by Mark Lester. Known for Roller Boogie... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classics. Armed and Dangerous. That's that's the original Paul Blart, but with John Candy. And Commando. I love Commando! <laughs> okay, so Commando's actually a good movie that he directed. <laughs> okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's oh. a classic. We have to watch that one day. Okay. John Carpenter, you know, was supposed to be the one to direct this. Yeah. But the thing, which we reviewed last week, yeah. the thing was such a bomb that the studio, like, dropped him from, from this. They didn't want to ruin their Stephen King uh, intellectual property on some guy who just had a big bomb. So they hired this guy, the, the famed director <laughs> of Roller Boogie, <laughs> to, to take on the role. And he did a bang-up job, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Firestarter stars David Keith and Drew Barrymore in the lead roles as Firestarters. <laughs> Your mom calls him <laughs> store brand Patrick Swayze. <laughs> the one with the weird hair, curly hair. Yeah, David Keith, the, oh. the dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it also includes George C. Scott. Patton. Okay. Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear at this time. Would have been, and we can get into this later. She was considered one of the most beautiful women <laughs> in the world. Like, uh, like you'd go into the store to buy posters, you know, and they would have pictures of pretty girls. She was the poster. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, Charlie's dad. You know Charlie Sheen. Okay. Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher was an okay actress. Yeah, she was in. She was in some good stuff. Um, and Art Carney. Do you know who Art Carney is? No. Art Carney. Uh, you know the show, The Honeymooners. That 50s show. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. He was the stupid neighbor. Oh. Okay. I... <laughs> the original Kramer. Oh, okay. Okay. And then there was a bunch of other that guys from the 80s that were in it, too, including Dick Warlock. Okay. So you know what time it is, don't you? No. Come on. Tell me what time it is. I'm going to do it. Do it. Okay. Three sentence recap. You can go first. You want to hear my three s- sentence recap? <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Yes. All right. Are you ready for this? No. I didn't memorize it. Next I time. I did. I have it memorized. Okay, well. All right. <clears throat> Due to a drug induced hallucination, Heather Locklear falls for <laughs> David Keith, and they have a daughter with pyrokinesis, uh, pyrokinetic abilities. She knew that, and you didn't. She knew how to say that. The daughter knew how to say that, and but, you didn't. Well, I I had pyrokinesis, but then I added abilities, so I should I should have changed it to an adjective when I wrote it down, too, but I, I didn't edit my writing. Uh, I'm going to work on that. I'll edit it next time. Okay. And then I'll try to memorize it. Uh, baby steps. Okay. Baby steps. Okay. Sentence two. Mm-hmm. Dad and daughter are on the run from a black ops government organization. Daughter can tell the future, 
but apparently loses that ability at the end. And she burns down the U.S. government and goes to live with Art Carney. Oh, that's who Art Carney is? <laughs> yeah, that's who okay. Art Carney is. <laughs> um, hey, Ralph V. <laughs> mine is a couple meets at a government-officiated experiment and eventually have a kid that can start fires. When the mom dies, the father and daughter are on the run from the government when the shop... I don't know what that means. Yeah, that, that's the... Supposed to be like the CIA. Okay. Catches them and she kills most of them. When they are finally captured, Charlie, the daughter, is manipulated into using her power. That's all I have. That's three good sentences. Okay. Yeah. I like yours. You didn't really get into the ending, though, which is my favorite part of the movie. Come on! This is the best part of the movie. No. All right. When did you first see this movie? I'm going to be honest with you, the other night. Really? <laughs> I never saw it in the 80s. I'd seen pieces of it, but I've never seen the whole movie until the other night. Oh. Then so, how did you know to add it? Well, I'm familiar with the story, oh. right? I I probably read the book back in the 80s, but I don't really remember it. But also, you know, it's pretty obvious that Drew Barrymore is a fire starter and can do things with her mind from just from the trailer. I didn't know that the dad had really the 11 abilities. Yeah, and the nosebleed. And, and the nosebleed and everything. Yeah, I thought it was just the little girl that had the mental powers. So uh, I looked at the reviews, and you know, normally we kind of run through them, but the Rotten Tomato score was like 37%, mm-hmm. um, and that was like the best <laughs> the best of all the reviews. So we'll just say the review's not good. Yeah, I wonder why. Awards? This was actually nominated for two awards. There were Saturn Awards, which is for science fiction. So I'm guessing that most movies back in the 80s that were science fiction got nominated, considering, you know, how many movies were actually nominated, you know, made for science fiction. Um, but it was nominated for Best Picture. Okay. I mean, if there's five science fiction movies, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Drew Barrymore was nominated for Best Young Performer. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, if they narrowed down the category to best... Did she win her award? <laughs> best... <clears throat> Sorry. If I was going to make a joke. <laughs> you distracted me. Best young performer in a movie based on a Stephen King novel that also stars David Keith and is directed by the guy who did Roller Boogie. Then she should be nominated. Would she win, though? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I, her voice after a while, it was like nails on a chalkboard. Worse than an E.T.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she was cute in E.T. She's getting a little too old to be cute. Yeah. Like nine or ten. All right. Uh, the earmuffs. There was really not that much objection on this. I think it's rated PG-13, but there's no, no, um, you know, naked people type stuff. There's no kissing or anything. There's no alcohol or drugs. Um, there's no swearing for the most part. And the gore, well, there's the dude on fire. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of people on fire, but there's like but one guy whose like, body's burning. People who are burned. They just show. They did the one. Body. They they, did? Yeah, the one guy was on fire, and they showed like skeleton, his like 
the, like meat was burning. Oh, I didn't. That I was, wasn't paying attention. <laughs> that was in the the first the first of the two uh, attacks that she had. Yeah, she was a monster. <laughs> but there was like no blood. Nobody got shot or anything like that. Nobody got stabbed. No, or... yeah, Art. Can't, what's his name? Art Carney. Oh, he yeah. got shot in the he arm. He did, but like they didn't even show it. There was like no blood or gore or anything. That's what I mean. So if you can handle seeing people on fire, there was a lot of good stunt work. Yeah. Okay, we can say a lot of funny things about this movie, but there was a lot of good fire stunt work. Yeah. There's about half an hour of people on fire though. running around. We'll get to that. It yeah. was okay. It was boring, and and the acting was bad. We agree, and we'll we'll get to that too. Okay. But there were a couple things in it that I even like. Oh, I'll get I'll get to that. Okay. All right. Um. So how, how does it? no? I'm asking you because oh, you're the. I thought because you nudged me like. Sorry, no. It's just yeah. because we're in this tight closet doing okay. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. How does this relate to Stranger Things? Well, obviously, the dad. Is basically 11. Except 11, how old is she? Like, 12? 11, is so 12. much better at that power. Because she doesn't have to, like, hold her head every single time. And she can do multiple things at once. Like, and she's only 12. And how old is he? Well, she had training. He started okay. late. He started too late to get that power. And then also, Charlie has a similar power. Like, she has mental powers. And she's a little girl. Right. Yeah, but he would get like two nosebleeds from like. I know, and they're running from government agents, right? Secret government agency. This is more season two, but do you remember Eleven's sister? Like. Was that season two or season three? It was season two, when she runs away. Yeah. Um. Remember how we turned the dollar bill into five stealing from like. A cab driver. Yeah, who's yeah. working hard late at night. Just trying to provide for his family, probably. Probably, yeah. And he just gives him a dollar and, like, here, this is $500. Which is so wrong. He's, forget, like, setting people on fire. He's innocent here. The cab driver, the cab driver didn't totally do anything innocent. to him. No. He just wanted to go home. Yeah. yeah. Or didn't want to waste gas, like, going to the airport. Totally more than a dollar in gas. Mm-hmm. Okay, I-, I have a question about the airport thing. All right. And we'll talk about some more of these, but like, well, since you brought up the dollar bill and everything, if you're on the run and you have a dollar left and you're going to need to bum a ride and you know that people are chasing you, why would you choose to go to the airport? He wasn't getting on an airplane. Yeah. And what airplane would he have gotten on if they couldn't no. find him? Right. And so he, he need, they needed to basically hitchhike somewhere. So why would you go to the one place where like... You really can't hitchhike. I don't know. You I mean you walk out of an airport? If you're hitchhiking by the airport, like somebody's gonna pick you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Just so they could steal some some nickels out of the payphone. Which, by the way, do you know what a payphone is? Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you saw a payphone? Have you ever seen an actual working payphone? No. Uh, Wait, actually, yes. Where? I don't know if it worked though. Where? In like. Like a diner type place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> it was like an old themed diner because oh. no one uses payphones anymore because yeah. that's for old people. Like well, o- only old people have memories of using payphones. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's I'm why I asked. Old, so. No, you're definitely not. Yeah. And I definitely am. We get yeah, it. I know. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. So, let's talk about something that maybe was good with the movie, and that is the score. Did you enjoy the score? Yeah, but I can really pay attention to it. All right. The score was done by Tangerine Dream, who is uh who did a number of scores, including like the score to Thief and to one of my favorite movies that we'll do one day called Three O'Clock High. A real cult classic comedy from the eighties. But while I enjoyed the music, I found some of it to be like out of place. Like you know what I mean? I'm sorry, I wasn't really paying attention to the music. Oh, I thought you meant you weren't paying attention to me. <laughs> I'm used to that. How about the costume design? What do you think of the costumes? Um. Well, I don't know why she just randomly had a pair of like they just randomly had pajamas when they got into the cabin, but before when they were in the hotel, they didn't have that, and they weren't carrying anything, unless well, they bought. It was them. grandpa's pajama, uh, grandpa's house, so maybe. So she then, didn't. why did they have a pair of little kids' pajamas? Because maybe she stayed there. Where'd she get them? No, like, she had stayed there before. They just met. I mean, when they find art, and then oh. they go into the cabin. Yeah. And she had that But the cabin there. was Grandpa's cabin. Was it? Yeah. Then yeah. How, then how did he have that? Then... Why would he have a pair of little girls' pajamas? Why would who? His dad? Her the dad? grandpa. That what grandpa? The grandpa's dead. No, not the grandpa. You mean Art Carney? <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. He clearly didn't. He didn't have children. I think it's unrealistic. As unrealistic as him dating Louise Fletcher, who was thirty years his junior at the time. Yeah, and she was way too pretty for him too. Like, what is... Ouch. <laughs> Wait. What do you mean, ouch? Ouch. Ouch to Art Carney. <laughs> I think he knows. You think he knows? Yes. Well, he does work in a sewer. No, he doesn't. He works on a farm. Well, he's famous for playing the guy who works in a sewer. Oh. Well, I don't know who Art Carney is. Cramden, he drives a bus... Jackie Gleason and and Art Carney he, he works in the sewer anyway never mind you've never seen that show no no alright <clears throat> since we're talking about all the stupid stuff in the movie do you have anything I got a whole bunch you want me to start yeah you can go first. okay I got two words Heather Locklear I know I mean even if you give those must have been some powerful hallucinogens and if everyone in there is like scratching their eyes out and going why weren't crazy, they? why weren't they? Because wasn't no. it one out of six? Wait, how many? There was like twelve of them, and it was the two of them. So yeah, one out of six. But what I think it was is because they were in love. They didn't even talk to each other. They did once once they got the drugs. Oh. But if they were in love. Right at first sight, like that's a powerful hallucinogen, is what I'm saying. Because I mean, David Keith and Heather Locklear. Why didn't he ever get a haircut? It was the 80s. Okay. 
Look, you can ask me anything you want about some way somebody looks or the way somebody or the music. I can just say it's the eighties, and you'd be like, "Yeah, okay." Okay. <laughs> How could he pull his hair and have those headaches if he didn't have long hair? That would give me more of a headache pulling on my hair. Yeah, but like maybe that was part did. of his power. I don't know. Why didn't he shave? That's the better question. What's the point of having a power like that if it's like so obvious when you do it because you have to like grab your head okay well that was another question I had okay if you get a horrible migraine that's so bad that gives you a nosebleed every time you use your power what is the floor for using that power like would you use that power to save a hundred dollars yeah because eventually you get used to it I don't think so Mm -hmm. I don't for me I'm at like a couple of grand. No. Uh, yeah, a couple grand easy. I mean, or like life saving, like it has to be like bad. Well, I think if you had it to do it like multiple times a day, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I think that makes it worse. So another one I got is the the tranquilizer dart. Oh my god. Okay. Let me just ask you this. First of all, let me step back, actually, even. They go to this cabin that the grandfather owned, right? Which, why would they go there? Because they would just easily question the grandfather. Who's dead, but, like, you're going to go to everywhere they know that oh. they could go. Yeah. Right? Charlie, the nine-year-old girl, says, what does she say? She's like, Daddy, won't they find us here? Yeah. And you remember what he says? He's like, oh, don't worry. After what you did to them, they're not going to come for us. After you just killed a whole bunch of government agents, they're not going to come for you? And they're not going to be, like, sneakier with it or, like, find a better way than just what they did? Right. So, I mean, honestly, the most likely thing in that scenario is that there would be snipers, and the second you walked out, they would shoot you dead because of your powers. This was a best-case scenario for him. He was really not a bright guy. It must have been all that, like, brain damage from the all the powers he was using. Or maybe because he dated, what's her name, Heather Locklear, he just got, like, too confident, so he thought he could do whatever he wanted. <laughs> she even married him, so, yeah, the drugs must have lasted. So, okay, so he here's the one that really bothers me, though, because that's really stupid, but that's a plot device and whatever, that's just lazy writing. I'm not saying Stephen King's lazy writing, but I'm sure it was better in the book. So now you're coming back across the bridge from your cabin, back across the lake, she gets shot. She goes down with a tranquilizer dart. He picks it out. He's clearly a tranquilizer dart. Okay? What do you think the reason... She's fine. She's like... She's just passed out. Like, why yeah. is he standing there, like, holding her like she's What's most die? likely to happen if he just He's stands next. there? Right. He's either dead or he gets a tranquilizer dart too, right? Why didn't he pick her up and run? Why didn't he pick her up and run? That's an excellent question. That's what I want to know. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, of Maria in West Side Story. Gino, Gino, come and get me too, Gino. That's what he's doing. He's like waiting to be shot too. It's like he doesn't, he can't go on with his daughter asleep. He just Or because you know that she's going to be fine, just run so that they don't take you too so that you can save her eventually. You know? Yeah. I understand the logic of what you're saying, but that's not going to happen. 
why not use your mental powers and like explode everybody's head within a hundred yard radius? Because he got too cocky and he didn't think that anything bad would happen to him. Maybe because he's one of the stupid humans who ever lived. Because, like you said, he got cocky by getting batting uh, out of his league there. Okay, and, and I got one more question. Okay, George C. Scott, lovely ponytail, great eye work. You didn't like the ponytail? No. I would not. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm, like, older, but I would never trust anyone with a ponytail like that, like, to be friends. <laughs> Good. As a father, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> but I, I'll say this: I'm in the book. I'm sure that character was really flushed out and and really like had motivations that that you know did not come out in the movie, right? Okay. But what was his fascination with karate chopping people in the nose to kill them? Maybe it was like his signature thing. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about having a signature move. Like. You know, like, like a WWE wrestler, or like this guy's nose is broken. We know who it is, but like we can't catch him because he's yeah. so good. Oh, it doesn't leave fingerprints if he uses the back of his hand on somebody's nose, right? Doesn't this part have fingerprints? I don't think so. Oh, you want to try it? No. Don't hit me in the nose. No. No, you think you could break my nose and drive my nose into my brain and kill me? Yeah, I don't know how he did that. Anyway. I don't think I don't think that's realistic. It's pretty powerful. Thing. I feel like that's like. That and the like the like how annoying the little girl's voice was, I just don't think that those are two things that would happen in the real world. <laughs> you don't think someone's voice could be that annoying? No. But it was an actual voice. It wasn't. But like... she was trying. She was trying to be annoying. She was trying to be annoying. Yeah, because I think because like making us think that she killed her mom, like that she was the real villain. I think. But she didn't kill her mom. But why else would we were we supposed to think that? They made you think that at first, and they I hurt mommy real bad. Wait, did mommy run her hand under some water? She was wearing oven mitts, and the oven mitts caught on fire. She's kind of I mean, the whole point of oven mitt is so that you don't burn yourself when you touch hot things. I don't know that she really got hurt. I, I think mean, the it little girl was the villain. Don't get me wrong. Well, she was the villain. Yeah. Well, from the government's perspective, yeah. I mean, from George C. Scott's perspective, and from she, could, perspective. she could split the world in two. That would be a bad move, though, because, you know, if you split the, like, literally split the earth in half, I'm like, everybody's going to die, including which you. Which half? doesn't matter. I know, but which half was he thinking? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I would be okay if it was split, like, vertically, because then that means we wouldn't see British people. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would have gone with French, but okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, big picture. So does this movie have the same meaning today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Does it? I think the real meaning of the movie is that if you see your daughter heading in the wrong path and you see, like she's developing like annoying tendencies you hmm. should stop her <laughs> i should <laughs> yeah that's a good lesson i'm gonna have to keep that one in mind good i assume you mean for your sister yeah because i've already grown past that you've grown past all that and you would never think of anything i do as annoying never 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 at all no nobody would all right, so overall in cinema history 
bottom ten. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Well, that's not that crazy because I I have curated movies for you. I, I don't show you terrible movies. Okay. On purpose. Well, that's why I didn't say five. I, mean, I said bottom ten, not bottom five. Okay. All right, the Katie goes to the Odessa Steps Award for the best scene. What do you think the best scene was? The best scene is probably when the dad dies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do <laughs> you mean that, like, cinematically it was the best scene, yes. or you just happy to see him die? <laughs> um... <laughs> Was that his best acting? Yeah. He died on screen, so he died on screen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you like, he was so bad he died on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the be- my my next award is going to be from this Wait. scene, too. Can I actually? <laughs> I think the best scene was when he was looking for his, like, dead wife and he kept on falling. <laughs> he would, like, he, like, fell running up the stairs and, like... <laughs> He fell like three times within the span of like ten seconds. Okay, let's talk about the dead wife. Why are they hiding her? Right, why are they hiding her? And then why are they hiding her in the ironing board? In the closet? So it could have a big reveal, obviously. Yeah, but it wasn't even like a big gory reveal, like with like blood all no, over. No, she just had like... Yeah. You didn't even see any blood besides like the one from her nose, did you? Not really, no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Then where did they... How did they kill her? There was a couple. There was like three drops of blood on the floor. They From must her have nose, like probably somebody must have punched her in the nose trying to do the George C. Scott move and then just strangled her. Oh, so she had like a bloody nose and then and then got strangled. Yeah, probably that fits. Imagine if this were a John Carpenter movie. How how fun and gory it would have been. <laughs> I know you didn't like the thing, but you didn't like the thing because you didn't like. The characters. Yeah, I think it would have been so much better. What if Kurt Russell was the dad? Oh, they kind of look alike, actually. Ouch, With... Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they both have, like, brown curly hair? I, I guess. I mean, they you were know humans who in the he 80s. looks like? Ted Bundy. He doesn't look anything no, like yes, Ted Bundy. Does. Doesn't look anything like Ted Bundy. Yes, he does. Doesn't look anything like Ted Bundy. Yeah, he does. No, I think I think Rob's right. Mm-mm. Store brand. Patrick Swayze. Ted Bundy. All right. Ted Bundy. All right. So anyway, my my best scene is is the big uh, the big scene at the end with all the explosions. That and was so boring. You know, it was boring. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. You had about thirty people on fire, and they were real people, really on fire. Oh, I have another nitpick. And they had actual like fireballs flying around. There were actual fireballs flying around. I mean, they were on wires and everything, but they were still real fireballs. If they did that today, nobody would be on fire. No fire would be flying around. No explosions. Everything would be CGI'd. I, so I really enjoyed that. Did no one learn, like, stop, drop, and roll? Like, you were in the 80s. <laughs> but was that actually not a thing? Because when they no, get on fire, they just stand there. No, I remember reading Or they run, which catches them more on fire. Even in the 70s, I remember hearing that in school. You know, stop, drop, I roll. feel like it's like even not learning. It's like logic. Like if you're smart enough to be like a CIA agent uh-huh. or whatever, you should be smart enough to know what to do when you get caught on fire. Waving your arm around isn't the best. No. No. But it works better cinematically. 
Well, I think that if the main plot of your movie can't be solved with one fix, then it's a stupid movie. I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to do the Outpost 31 Award for the best shot. Okay, to me, the best shot, and this is the one that I rewound and had to watch again, is in the big the big scene at the end when she's killing everybody, she hits the one guy with the fireball, and he literally flies up into the tree completely on fire. And that wasn't a real guy. It was a dummy. But it was awesome that he went flying up into a tree on fire. Me too. What, what, what was your best shot? That one, because I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember any good shots. <laughs> There's something that impressed you in the movie? No. They should have done a car chase. I think that would have made it more interesting. Yeah. With the How did they not do a car chase with the cab? I don't know. He could have used his mental powers to make the guy stop. Yeah. Or like other cars like run into him or something. Yeah. Yeah. To get away. Yeah. Yes. That that's actually a fantastic idea. Thank you. <laughs> you know they did a remake. Or are they working on a remake? No, they did one, I think, with Zach Efron. Should we watch that? You know what else? Zach Efron also played Ted Bundy. Which I thought you should know. Okay, but David Keith didn't play Ted Bundy. No, but he probably could have. Because he's such a fine actor? No, because he looks exactly like him. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think that's a compliment. I think that he should be, like, happy I'm saying that. Because apparently Ted Bundy people, like, thought he was attractive, so. Yeah. I guess so. I, I want to go back because I just love picking this movie apart, and I want to go back to the thing I mentioned in my my three my three sentence recap recap, <laughs> and that is in the there's there's two big set pieces right where Drew Barrymore lights everybody on fire. The first one just before the agents show up, she sees it's coming. She sees them coming down the road before they're actually coming down the road. She sees they're going to kill her dad. Now, later in the movie, she doesn't see that George C. Scott is a bad guy. She doesn't see that her dad's going to get shot. She waits until he gets killed before she does anything. Why? Because then that wouldn't make it as interesting. That goes back to your point about one plot fix, you don't have a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a bad movie. I know. Is it worse than Tentacles? No. Maybe. I forgot what Tentacles was about. The one with the, the back in our like second season, the Halloween episode with the, the one with, like basically Jaws. The squid Jaws, yeah. Oh, maybe. That one we were laughing out loud at. Well, I didn't Actually, want to hurt I your feelings. That more. I didn't. Hurt, want, no, I hurt my feelings. Well, because about halfway through, I didn't know if you like. Because you do this thing when you try to find a good thing in every movie. Or like, no, it's good. Like, you try to make it good. Okay. I do this thing where someone put a lot of effort to making this movie. Yeah. There's usually some redeeming quality to it. They put their their effort into it. Okay. But in this one, I'm not. The, the stuntmen, 100% props to. Sorry. It was a lot of good stunt work. Yeah. If I was a stuntman, I would be like, wait, why don't I just stop, drop, and roll? Yeah, but they don't get paid if they stop, drop, and roll now, do they? They could. Well, not nearly as much. Maybe they're still injured after they stop, drop, and roll. It'd been better if they would have all exploded with fire instead of just lighting her, their arms on fire. 
like their hair on fire. That'll freak you out a lot better than your arm. No. They could have fixed that just by having bald guys chasing her. Mm-hmm. Light my hair on fire. I don't have any. Yeah. No. Unless they have beards, which would probably hurt Ooh, worse. Ooh, that'd be better than the smoke would be in their eyes they couldn't see. Beard on fire. Yeah. And that would be harder to stop dropping hole. Yeah. You, yeah. You need a, a swimming pool would, would be a good fix, though. Yeah, but how are you going to have a swimming pool in? On a farm, they could have, like, the, uh, like, a pond. But you jump into the pond and then you get, like, pond, leeches you know? and then you get, like, you know. Yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd rather have leeches to be on fire. Well, I would rather be on fire because you can just stop dropping all. Like, if my arm was on fire, I would just stop dropping all. All right. <laughs> and we already talked about, could this be remade? Because we know it, it has. Should it be remade? Mm-hmm. We didn't know. We didn't see the new one, but assuming there, like, let's pretend like there isn't a new one. I don't think so because how many story? Like, even if it was a Stephen King novel, how many stories has he made? Why do you have to just? And why can't you be original? Why does everything have to be a copy? Okay, well, that's a whole different conversation. I think it could have been a good movie, but not in this guy's hands, Mark Lester's hands. Probably in John Carpenter's. Been a, a lot better, for sure. I feel bad for John Carpenter. Why? He had a great career. Yeah, but he was promised a movie, and then he like got it taken away. Yeah, but instead of this, he did Starman. Oh. I'd rather have Starman than him doing... Well, you don't know. This could have been amazing. Mm. <laughs> the, story, <laughs> the story was just boring. I don't know. Maybe we should read the book. All right, fine. So we talked about what changes you'd make. You have lots of changes you'd make to the story. Yeah, like for starters, I would probably make everyone stop dropping all. And I would make the little girl, like, less annoying. Yes. Yes, you've made that clear. <laughs> would you Would you cast Chris Pratt? That was tough. I had to be very careful saying that. Would you cast Chris Pratt as uh, the dad? I don't know. Well, actually, I would. I don't know. I'd probably do Zac Efron. <sighs> but uh, it's always Chris Pratt. That's what. Oh, we, then yeah, I guess. Would it be Guardians, Chris Pratt, or Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt? Mm, neither. What was that one called? The War of Tomorrow. Yeah, well, that's Guardians. Fit Chris then Pratt yes. or Fat Chris Pratt? I don't know. Whichever one would be better. Well, which one do you like better? Funny, chubby Chris Pratt or or not as funny but buff Chris Pratt? I don't know. All right, fine. So you know what time it is. Yeah. It's time for our haiku review. Oh. You go first on this one. Okay. Also, it might be like one syllable off because I didn't know if no. please or please. No, you can't say please. Small girl annoys me. Okay. Very, very bad acting. Okay. Please don't watch this. No. Oh, come on. You could do better. Please don't watch this. 
Please don't watch this. Please don't watch this. Please don't waste your time. Oh, there you go. Now say it all together. Small girl annoys me. Very, very bad acting. Please don't waste your time. Okay, that's pretty good. Thank you. You know, my haiku review, I may have mentioned acting as well. (laughs) All right, I got Adapting novels is harder than it may seem. Bomb the actors instead. Mine was like, Mine wasn't that mean. Yours is kind of mean. Mine was kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many bad Stephen King adaptations. And so many good Stephen King adaptations. So, that's a wrap. Final thoughts on the movie. I go first. I will say, I think we've pretty much covered. This is not a good film. Really? I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one to ten. Four. Oh. <laughs> okay. And would you recommend this to anyone to watch? No. Please don't waste your time. I know, but like, is there anybody? No. David Keith's mom? No. <laughs> no? No. Drew Barrymore? No. Drew Barrymore haters. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Drew Barrymore's ex. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we found somebody. Or her father. <laughs> All right. Say that's a wrap, Katie. That's a wrap, Katie. This episode of My Fair Katie was written and produced by Scott and Katie Schimmick. A special thanks for our music to Marty Charty Esquire, the best IP lawyer on this side of the Hudson. <laughs>